Hello, friends, and welcome back. I'm Pam Pastor, your host for the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. We're going to further explore the area surrounding prayer today. And you know, I was listening to a popular song yesterday that included these lyrics, When We Pray, Strongholds Start to Break. It's by Torin Wells. If you haven't heard it, I suggest you check it out. It's really a great song. He's a musical artist, but more importantly, he is a pastor in Texas, and he brings men and women to Christ. So we learn in John chapter 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You know, as children of God, we pray to God and he hears us and answers us. Our relationship is a reciprocal one and God's words abide or continue on in us and our branches continue in him. So think of the tree analogy that this is giving us. So a natural outgrowth of our relationship is housed in prayer. And this is because joy and love are visible expressions of our relationship with Jesus. Now, of course, one can only love something or someone that they know, right? So in order to know God, we must have and build an intimate relationship with him. And the book of Hebrews chapter four, verses four, excuse me, 15 and 16 instructs us saying, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, like us, Jesus was also tempted with sin, but he proved that he would not sin, and this enabled him to sympathize, meaning suffer with people as our high priest. Only people who do not yield and give in to temptation can know its intensity because they feel its full force upon them. In all things, he had to be made like the brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful and just high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make propitiation or reconciliation for the sins of the people. And then furthermore, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 tells us, For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who who are tempted. You see, Jesus doesn't merely sit upon the sidelines of our lives. He's driven by compassion, and he enters into our moments of suffering, making us his own. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. Being holy means that Jesus always does what pleases God. He also is innocent and blameless or harmless, and Jesus is undefiled, meaning there is no moral stain upon him. And he sits at the right hand of God, which is higher than the heavens. His eternal perfection makes him an ideal mediator to God for both me and you. 
And to really understand prayer, we need to grab a hold of Jesus's earthly ministry. In all fairness, when Christ arrived upon the scene, the Jews in Israel were confused. They were not expecting Christ to come in the form of a Christ child. They had been expecting Daniel's vision of God the Father as the Ancient of Days appearing in human form. The term literally means the elderly one or the one who has been around forever. They thought this was the Messiah who would be establishing an earthly throne. In their minds, this great king would destroy earthly kingdoms. And the Israelite Jews were myopic in their thinking. They had grown tired of suffering at the hands of other nations. They were ready for a Messiah to come in and kick butt. They were longing for Jesse's offspring. Isaiah predicted in chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. You see, Isaiah was prophesying that the Messiah would come through the house and lineage of David, son of Jesse. The stem or image of a stump is representative of hope. Coming out of the stump will be a shoot or a branch, which is the Messiah. This would be the descendant who would rule over his kingdom forever. So it's not hard to imagine that the people were wanting this peaceable kingdom that Isaiah had prophesied. In Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 9, we're told, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. This shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You see, this coming king, as Isaiah prophesied, will not only restore the social order, but nature will be restored to paradise. The peace in the animal kingdom mirrors the relief from the oppressive injustice within human society. And Isaiah is telling us that there will come a time when earth is restored and our Messiah or our Christ will be reigning upon the throne However, before we can get there, our journey is in the here and now. Our prayers are helping us navigate the world in which we live. Another important scripture comes from the book of Hosea. Now, Hosea was an Old Testament prophet. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, we learn, and in and we're instructed, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What was Hosea specifically referring to? Well, he knew firsthand how easily it was for people to stumble and fall into sin. This would trip up the people and their sin would contain them and bound them. 
no longer allowing them to be obedient toward God. They had a lack of knowledge. This knowledge isn't referring to one's intellect. Instead, it was suggestive of experience. Because the people violated God's covenant law, they in turn forfeited the blessings upon their lives. Now, I remind us of this, not to point out wrongs that the people continued to do over time, but instead to offer a remedy, a solution. And again, that solution is prayer. We learn all throughout Jesus's time upon earth that his ministry was about the cross and never about the crown. At the cross, Jesus taught us about taking on the sins of the whole world so that we would be restored to God. But he alone was the only one who could do this for us. However, we are instructed by Jesus to take up our crosses, meaning we need to die to ourself. We must be spiritually reborn. This means to be born of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 puts it this way, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Peter's telling us that we have eternal life, and the word of God is alive, continuing on forever. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, John said this, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So you see, as believers, we have a confidence that our prayers are heard and our petitions are answered. Sometimes God says yes, and at other times he says maybe, no, or not yet. But nonetheless, we can have complete trust and confidence he will answer according to his will. Earlier, we highlighted Jesus's suffering as a servant during his earthly ministry. He demonstrated through love that he came so we would have life more abundantly. While the thief's earthly ministry was simply to kill, steal, or destroy from us. Knowing this, it becomes clear that Jesus also found it necessary to pray to the Father. This would strengthen him for times of interacting with his disciples, his followers, and even his critics. You see, Jesus in his human form needed comfort, blessing, and instruction from the Father, just like we do. So join me back tomorrow as we explore prayer even further. And friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in his son, Jesus. The apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was then placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us upon our conversion. While it's true, we can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. What we can do is we can show him our gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our intimate relationship daily. 
Today, friends, if this is you, take action now. Step out boldly in faith and conviction towards the kingdom of God and openly confess after me. Father God, I come before you repenting of known and unknown sin in my life, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking, acting, and showing up in life. Jesus, you're welcome to take a permanent residence as my king upon the throne of my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my past, present, and future sin on that cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, consider growing in a good Bible-based church, surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will assist you in edifying and building up your newfound faith in Christ. Congratulations, and God bless you on making the wisest and most important decision of your lifetime. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available daily. A special children's Jesus Talk University podcast airs on Wednesdays. Tune in along with your children for Bible stories you may be familiar with. Our episodes discuss and share Jesus' unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, as well as miracles, parables, and the teachings of Jesus' ministry. This is an open invitation for you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of exploration of all things pertaining to Jesus. And if you like this episode, make sure to like and subscribe so you'll get the latest releases as they become available. Occasionally, I do reference my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring, compelling, or perhaps wish to do your own rigorous deep dive study, you can pick up a copy at my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word, and it's waiting for you to read it. So until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. And a final word from Paul out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 instructs us, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God bless you. Amen.